Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about Monday Night Raw from last night. How about it? They finally put some asses in seats. Actually, they weren't in seats because they stood the entire time, but Raw had a crowd. We'll get into the good and the bad from what we saw outside the ring on Monday Night Raw. Also, we have a new U.S. champion, Apollo Crews. We'll get into that. And is a character change needed? And somebody who definitely doesn't need a change of character is WWE Hall of Famer Edge. We'll talk about his promo on Randy Orton before Backlash. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Bully, and I mean this every time I say it. I say I, I really do believe you're the greatest tag team wrestler of all time. And then you always interrupt me and you say, Bobby Eaton. We've had Stone Cold Steve Austin on this show many times. And a name that he constantly brings up as you know, almost a mentor for him was Bobby Eaton. How important Bobby Eaton was for him early on in his career. So think about that. I'm talking to the greatest tag team wrestler of all time. You're bringing up the name Bobby Eaton. If we, if any wrestling fan made a list of their top five wrestlers of all time, I believe Stone Cold Steve Austin would be on most people's list. And he brings up Bobby Eaton. This guy needs to be celebrated a hell of a lot more than he is because he's a guy that in we could have discussions about the Hall of Fame. Currently, he's not even a part of the WWE Hall of Fame as a, as a singles wrestler or as a member of the Midnight Express. But yet everybody brings him up as a influence or a mentor uh, when they talk about somebody like Bobby Eaton. It's the truth. And there's a lot of other guys out there like, you know, Arn, a great tag team wrestler. Um, you know, Brett, a great tag team wrestler. Sean, a great tag team wrestler. Um, I would say this. I'll put my tag team psychology up against just about anybody else's. I'd, I'd be willing to take that challenge. I would. I'd go head to head with anybody in a room when it came to tag team wrestling psychology. There's a good chance I'm going to get smoked. But there's a good chance I'm going to put up a good fight. I'd say I'll put up a good fight. 
But speaking of Raw, how about the greatest tag team, in my opinion, the greatest tag team in the history of the WWE, the Iconics? Well, they they are definitely they are, they are uh, they're climbing. You know, if you define tag team wrestling in currently in 2020, they might they might be the number one team. Really quick though, just to fit, to wrap up the conversation on Bobby Eaton, bully. You know, you could not have the Road Warriors without Animal or Hawk. You could not have the Dudley Boys without Bully or Devon. The Midnight Express moved on and forward. You know, with Dennis Condry leaving, you know, they had Stan Lane a part of the Midnight Express. That tells you the beauty of Bobby Eaton. That's where your argument might be valid because, you know, there are a lot of people that think that the Midnight Express with Stan Lane was better than the Midnight Express with Dennis Condry. Again, the the, the one constant factor was Bobby. You couldn't do that. With the you couldn't do that with the Rock and Roll Express or the Dudleys or the Road Warriors or all down the the Hardys. You couldn't do that, but you were able to do that with the Midnight Express. So that's one definitely like that weighs in your argument when you talk about Bobby Eaton. Uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, whether that's you or the nation. And I'm not trying to put words in Jim Cornette's mouth, but I do. Re- think I remember him saying that he believed that the version of the Midnight Express with Condry and Lane was a better working tag team than Condry and Eaton. I think. I don't don't know. I'd have to go back and I'd have to go back. Uh, I, I don't agree with that, but you know, but Stan Lane was amazing too. Again, part of the fabulous ones, which was another great tag team as well. But I digress because I think in the WWE in 2020, you're not getting those. I got. I don't think you're going to get a lot of tag teams that the you're going to remember. Other than you know the ones that have been constant over the last you know five, six, seven years, like a new day. But uh, it is definitely a different era when it comes to tag team wrestling. And thinking and talking about a different era, finally. Bully, the WWE, maybe from watching AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays or listening to our show, Busted Open, they finally, finally put some people out there during Monday Night Raw, which I think will follow suit on NXT and SmackDown as well. Finally, the WWE has got its head out of its ass and put some people out there in the crowd. What did you think? Did it, did it make the difference you thought it would? Of course it made a difference. It has to make a difference. You can't say that it makes a difference in AEW, but doesn't make a difference in the WWE. Having people out there, having that little bit of noise in the va- background, that little bit of a vibe, helps the entire ambiance, helps the, you know, the aura of the show. It gives the boys something to feed off of. Now, as good as it was... <laughs> Much like a lot of other things within the WWE, it felt cold and canned. If I watch AEW, I see all of the other talent at ringside basically moving around and doing and saying whatever they want. Last night, I've seen all this NXT talent. Basically, it's as if they were told, stay. Stay in that spot. Don't move from that spot. Don't deviate from that spot. As a matter of fact, if you come off that spot, you're going to blow up. It's it's, and I don't know if this is true. This this is kind of like a myth, and it's been lore over the decades. But you remember uh, on USA Cable Network the WWE show uh, TNT Tuesday Night Titans, correct? 
Of course. All right, yeah, which is, by the way, amazing. Go back and watch it just for some of some of the awfulness that just comes across beautifully in 2020. But it was like, for those who have never seen it, it was almost like a Johnny Carson-esque you know, show where you had Vince McMahon as Johnny Carson, Johnny Carson, and he had Lord Alfred Hayes as the Ed McMahon, uh, 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 you know, on on the sofa. And then the guests would come in and they would have other, you know, WWF wrestlers that would come on and be guests. And they had a studio audience. Now, the myth of that, Bully, is that that studio audience were employees of the WWF. Like, they were told they had to be there. And then they would be there for the tapings, and those tapings would go on for hours, and, you know, no one could leave their seat. So there were no breaks, there were no anything. This Again, this is just a myth. So, like, if you had to go to the bathroom, you're shit out of luck because you're going to be sitting in that seat for hours as they were doing the tapings because they couldn't have a vacant seat in that audience. I don't know how true that is. Maybe somebody should call in and, and tell me, but that was that's what that felt like last night. You're not getting chairs. Sorry, there's no chairs here. You're standing in that spot for the next three hours, and you're going to like it too. And show some enthusiasm, damn it, while you're watching that show. You're right. I uh, hate wait, unless your name show. is Caden Carter. Yes. <laughs> and I just love... I just love when they had, I love when they had, you know, them come in to st- to help, you know, like, and like, all right, you three, you three and you three only, let's go, come into the, all right, that didn't work out, all right, you three and you three only, come on in, all right, that's not working, all right, you four and you four only, come in, when I mean, am I wrong by saying that, I mean, it seems so contrived. Uh, I love the fact that they were out there. I love the fact that there was noise in the background. I love the fact that there was a vibe. I love the fact that the, the guys and gals had a little something to play off of. I totally agree with you. Contrived. Now, where, where if you watch AEW, yes, Austin Gunn might be yelling a little too much and deserves a smack across the mouth for yelling when he should not be yelling. But it's a lot easier to pull that back than it is to push forward. Last night, I thought I was watching the exact opposite. Last night, I felt like I was almost watching the Pink Floyd video. We don't need no education. And like they were they were ro- very robotic. But I attribute that to the black cloud of fear that constantly looms over, I'll tell you, the entire wrestling business at times, but the WWE, right? Nobody wants to do anything wrong. Even sitting out there just acting like fans and being extra encouragement, they don't want to do anything wrong. So I, I, I started to concentrate. I'm like, look at this. They're not deviating from their spot. They're standing exactly where they need to be. You know what? If that's me, guys, go out there. Move around, maintain your social distancing so douchebags on social media don't start ranting and raving, and just act like a crowd. Go have fun with the product. That's it. Pretend you just bought a ticket to Monday Night Raw and go out there and have fun. Chant what you want, scream what you want, don't interfere with promos, don't go into business for yourself. Just be a raucous crowd. Go have fun. Go. And, you know, think, the thing about it, Bully, like, I didn't want to come on the air today and bash it because, hey, finally they're doing it. And that's a huge step in the right direction for the WWE. And it definitely 
was a positive factor in the show last night. It made that show a lot more palatable for me, watching it and knowing that there was a crowd and there was some noise going on during the matches. But, again, I have to bring it up that why not let them be individuals? Because even, like, them all wearing, like, WWE T-shirts... Now, with a, and I, and listen, I know maybe I shouldn't be comparing, but we have to because we have nothing else to go on. And that is AEW. They're all like they're individuals. I mean, you saw the butcher, uh, you know, during the pay per view who was out in the crowd bully with a David Bowie t shirt on. You know what I'm saying? Like they were, they were themselves. They were, you know, whether they were still in character or not in character, like, I like the fact that they were kind of just out there being like it, it, it made it feel like they're out there because they want to be out there like that. They want to watch these matches. That's the feeling I get with AEW when you have like NXT performers wearing T-shirts from WWE shop.com and you all you have to do is look. They all had WWE T-shirts on, whether it was not even their own T-shirt, like, you know, not even NXT T-shirts, but they're wearing like Bray Wyatt and Becky Lynch and, you know, and and uh, Drew McIntyre T-shirts. It just it just feels kind of like you said, kind of cold and kind of canned. I don't mind them wearing the T-shirts. I don't mind them being used as walking billboards for the product or different performers. Um, because to me, it's like if you're sitting at home and you see one of those talents and they have a, a, a new shirt on or something like that, you're like, oh, wow, that's a cool shirt. I want to go click on and buy it. I have no problem with that. My small problem was the – it was canned. It was cold. It was contrived. They looked like robots. Now, yes, they did make noise. I would say mission accomplished when it came to doing what they needed to do. I'm saying if that was me and I was in charge of that talent out there at ringside, I'm telling them, stay six feet apart. Don't go into business for yourself. Don't scream out anything stupid. Obviously, don't curse, but go out there, have fun, be a lively crowd and uh, cheer and boo at the right times. Now, they kind of did that, but they it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if off-camera there was some WWE employee with a sign that said applause and a sign that said boo. And, and you know what? It wouldn't surprise me. But that's, you know, again, God, I hate being negative about this because it's something I don't that think we, we're being negative. I'm sorry, Dave. I don't think we're being negative. I think we're being fair. I've said a lot of positive things already. You're True. harping on the negative. I'm not. Yeah, and you're right about that. And, like, I think with AEW, probably there needs to be somebody that says, hey, don't interfere with pro. Like, they need probably the AEW crowd probably needs a little guidance, which they're not, they're probably just saying go out there. And probably they need, hey, don't scream this at a certain time. Though, you know, they probably need a little bit more of structure. But man, but like WWE last night, it felt like it was all about structure. The thing that's also different is, and this is where I dig what AEW is doing. When you look at who's out there in the crowd, it's their fellow wrestlers, guys and gals that are on the same level. 
You'll see a Sean Spears out there who worked with Cody already. Chairshot heard the round whirl in AEW. Sean Spears is not afraid to be at ringside. Billy Gunn's not afraid to be at ringside. It's almost like the company supporting the company. That's the vibe I get from those guys. Like, if I was an AEW talent, I wouldn't mind being at ringside supporting the rest of the talent. If the talent was going to be out there and supporting me also, there's a camaraderie there. Last night, I didn't get the feeling of the camaraderie because I know I'm watching young boys and, you know, and girls. What I did not like was the acknowledgement of, hey, these are NXT trainees out here. And I think, did KO mention it? Yeah, was it KO Owen who mentioned it in the promo? KO mentioned it like early on, right at the beginning of the show. And I know Michael Cole mentioned that they were you know, people who are in, in, you know, at the performance center training at the performance. Why? What's the point of saying, Hey, these are young talent who are training at the performance center. Why? To be honest with you, I'd like to see the other raw talent that might've been there out there. Also, it, I don't think it, it diminishes them. And I know this is not going to happen, but I'd like to see Raw or SmackDown return the favor to NXT on Wednesday. I'd like to see Raw and SmackDown talents at NXT supporting the NXT talent. That shows me that shows me a team effort. If that happens, Bully, then that 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 would be fantastic. If you see Raw performers out in the audience during NXT, that would be I think that would be phenomenal. And then again, what you're seeing with AEW at times is that there is back and forth. We saw it with Jericho, you know, where there is back and forth. I mean, hell, there was the confrontation with Jericho that set up a match the next week on AEW Dynamite. So there's things that could happen where you're gonna look out into the crowd, but then again they have those partitions as well. Uh, so things aren't going to be able to get physical because it, it is kind of like the way they set up the performance center now it almost looks like a hockey or arena because you have the you have the glass partition surrounding the audience and the ring i like the glass partition gave it a bit of bit of a different feel than aew and when it came to the raw and smackdown talent being at nxt i know a lot of people would be saying especially in, in wwe well we can't have our giant stars in attendance at ringside because it's gonna it might look look uh, demeaning to them. Why would they ever be fans in a crowd? It's about support during these times, okay? And you don't have to leave the talent out there for the whole show. But if you have guys and gals from Raw or SmackDown who might not be doing a lot on the main rosters right now, put them out there. And then maybe during a an NXT tag team match, you see the Street Profits come out to take a look at what's going on in the ring because they're the, you know, they're the, they're the champs right now, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're the champs and they want to and they want to eye up some of the talent. Or when there's a women's match going on, there's Charlotte out in the crowd, see what's going on. Or when you know somebody else is performing, there's another raw talent. You can you can have a base of Raw and SmackDown talent, and then individuals could come out during the show to be eyeing up or scouting talent, see who the up-and-comers are. There's a way to utilize the rest of the roster to help that NXT crew seem a lot more important. And it's all about that team atmosphere, that team effort that we get every Wednesday night from AEW. Soccer is a passion that goes beyond the sport. And Sirius XMFC's podcast, More Than a Game, brings that passion to you. Can you believe it? 
In each episode, FC's panel of experts take a deep dive into club histories, iconic grounds, bitter rivalries, and so much more. There's nothing like a derby day in Manchester. New episodes are available weekly by downloading the Pandora app and searching more than a game. You're anti, you're anti-social. You're very anti-social, Agreka. That's not, that's but maybe the most ridiculous thing you've ever said in your life. Oh, no, I've said a lot more ridiculous things. And you said some ridiculous, before the show started, I thought you said something that was very ridiculous. But at least you could, we could have that argument. But this one, you're, you're way off. I'm not antisocial. Okay, well, now I'm going to go down that road. I'm taking all of the wrestling discussion, and I'm about to throw it out the window. I, I'm going to piss off all the nation because of you. Go ahead. It's, 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 it's your show, too. What do you mean, too? You could just stop that it's my show. <laughs> Okay, All right, now let's keep it in wrestling. Maybe we'll talk rock and roll a little later. Okay. All right. It's so, what you. did you think about Apollo Cruz winning the U.S. Championship, and what did you think of his promo? All right. Mark Henry said this, and we actually put this up at Busted Open Radio. Um, Apollo Cruz, and but Mark has been preaching this for forever. When it comes to Apollo Crews, we need to see a different side of Apollo Crews. We need to see like him. We need to see him pissed off. We need to, we need to see a little, you know, anger or some something from Apollo. Now, putting a championship title on Apollo Crews, eh, okay, we'll see where it goes. But then we got the promo, and the promo was what you would expect from Apollo Crews, meaning that Gabby just played the promo from Apollo Crews, and I didn't hear one thing Apollo Crews said. Now, a lot of that had to do with antisocial playing in the background, but even if it wasn't, Bully, I probably, I, I, we, eh, you know, I, I need to see something different from Apollo Crews. Is he talented? No doubt about it. Is he super athletic? Absolutely. Does he have maneuvers that somebody his size shouldn't be able to do? Definitely the truth. But you need to see a different side of Apollo Cruz's personality. I have not seen that yet, and I didn't see it last night. I honestly, I would have liked to have seen something different from Apollo Cruz to get him to win that U.S. championship last night. Maybe he does some tactics or something like that that you know we haven't seen from him before. Something different. So, am I excited that Apollo Cruz is the new U.S. champion? No, not really. Because I'd rather, I'd be more excited if I saw something different from Apollo Crews rather than have a championship title around his waist. I felt like last night Apollo got the consolation prize for taking him out of the Money in the Bank match. That's what it felt like to me. I agree with Mark. Apollo's too nice. And I don't know if sugary, sweet, nice, you know, I worked really hard. I finally won my first championship in 11 years. That's all fine and dandy for like WWE.com when they catch you coming down, you know, from your win and being a little humble about your win. Dude, I want to hear piss and vinegar. I want to hear something. Mark says Apollo smiles too much. I says he's too, I say he's too nice. I'm not sure who he's resonating with. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there this morning who are very happy for Apollo. And that's great. I've worked at Apollo. Great guy. Hell of an athlete. Blah, blah, blah. All that happy horse shit. 
speak very positively about the, 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 the man Apollo and the performer Apollo. But, okay, he's won. Now what? You gonna, you know, are you interested in seeing him defend the United States Championship every single week, every other week, once a month? Not really. There's, there's got to be more there. And you know what Apollo needs? Apollo needs a brooding heel to beat the shit out of him. That's that's what he needs. We need to see some fire out of him. One of Dreamer's biggest problems was sometimes he was too much of a wishy-washy babyface. And then a heel would come along and beat the shit out of Tommy, and it would bring the best out of Tommy. That's what Apollo needs. That's just my opinion. When you watch a, a what's called like a, a, a white meat baby face, meaning, you know, um, just very traditional of, you know, I'm going to work my hardest. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to scratch and claw my way to the top. I'm gonna, when, you, when, you, when you get that, that's good for the climb because you want to see this person, guy or gal cutting that promo. You want to see them eventually get to the top and win. Great. I would have loved to have seen Apollo get to the top last night. And then when the interview is about to happen, whoosh, complete 180. It was Charlie. Who was it with? uh, I think it was Charlie. I think it was Charlie. Charlie. Apollo, how do you feel about your win tonight? Screw you, Charlie. Or whoever's doing the interview. Get out of my face. Where the hell were you when I was trying to climb this ladder? I would have liked to seen the exact. I would have turned him heel the minute he won the championship. Now people go, this guy's a jerk. He just won. How? What, wait, what the hell happened? Did he pull the wool out of our eyes? Why is he doing this? You would have shocked people. You would have took the rug right out from underneath them. At least that's my opinion. WWE legend, The Undertaker. I have tried my hardest to protect kayfabe. Honestly, just within the last couple of years, I mean, I would cringe when I would hear people, you know, like we're doing now, like talking openly about behind the scenes stuff. It would just like, I, I'd grit my teeth and just, I think I was the real last holdout to, to kayfabe. Listen to Busted Open's interview with WWE legend, The Undertaker, on demand now via the SiriusXM app. Just search Busted Open Interviews, now free for most subscribers. Who better to talk about what Mark Henry said than Mark Henry himself? So let's go out to our Hall of Famer co-host, Mark Henry. Mark, how are you, man? I'm good. This is Mark from Austin. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just calling to put in my little two cents. (laughs) Go go ahead, Mark. He sounds like one of the nation members. Go ahead, Mark. (laughs) Okay, let me stop it. You know what? I, I before before I get hit, uh, Apollo Cruz, y'all y'all glossed over the uh, plexiglass um, that kind of looked like hockey arenas. Uh, but I, I see why you would do that. Uh, I think that it was actually ingenious, not just to put people in the audience, but to have a reason to put people in the audience, and that is putting the glass up to protect the talent from uh, what could possibly happen is, and that's have 
uh, fans come into the arena soon. Um, it also protects the people in the ring. Um, I'm, it protects the people in the audience away from possibly contracting something from people in the ring, which would, I guess, not be a big possibility. But nonetheless, it was a preventive measure. So I thought that was a good measure on the WWE's uh, part. Uh, I also think that um, the talent that's at the Performance Center, being in you know social distancing is a good message because you know here in Texas, they've opened stuff up and people are acting like the virus don't exist. Yeah. So it, I, I like the fact that they're they're still saying, "Hey, social distancing needs to happen." Uh, and and to get to Apollo, I mean, I I, I love the fact that Apollo has uh, uh, been validated in the fact that he's been there and won a title. But as you know, uh, I, I see Apollo being more of an aggressive personality. Um, the, even the promo bully said, you know, that it would be, it would have behooved them to have Apollo go, where were you on my journey? I mean, you don't have to be, uh, you know, tell people to shut up and you, you go to hell for, to get your point across. It would have been very easy for him to come up there and say, listen, where were you when I was trying to get here? Everybody's congratulating me, telling me they're happy for me. Where was that six months ago? Where was that last week? Now that I'm a champion, you want to be a hanger owner? I, I don't have hanger owners. I was like, there's people that are not going to get a shot at the title. <laughs> Everybody talking about a fighting champion? Listen, I, I'm not for that. I'm going to give a shot to who I think deserves a shot. And then I would have, like, McGillicuddy from Nebraska come and get a match. <laughs> it would be a lot of people get a match before the people that would be qualified to get it. That That's that's what makes you a heel. It's not just screaming and yelling and being angry. But I do agree that you cannot walk out there and just smile haphazardly for no reason when it looks forced. I like Bully's angry, mean face. His resting face is, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> and I love it. And Apollo has one, too. But he's not allowed to use it. And I, I listen, I, I, it's, it's a lot of meat on that bone. I'm not calling the shot. And if I had the pen, it would be different. But uh, I'm happy for him because it, his career is validated. And he's one that I, I actually went out of my way to ask to bring to the company. And, you know, it's, you know, it's no secret that I've done a lot of things behind the scenes and nobody asked me. Apollo Crews didn't ask me, hey, Mark, can you help me? He didn't have to. It was, I felt like it was my duty. If I see something good, then I wanted it to be where I was. And that was with, the WWE. And you know what, Mark, after saying what you said, I agree. Like there's other avenues to do it, but they have to do something. Cause I just think the current character and personality he has now is just kind of like, I, I hate the, I hate to say it, you know, 
Inside the ring, he's very memorable. Outside the ring, he's kind of forgettable in those interviews because his character and his personality hasn't changed at all. There needs to be, like, I think what Bully said, a little piss and vinegar behind him to, to like, really kind of make a statement where people are going to stand up and take notice. Mark. There ain't nothing wrong with a little piss and vinegar. No. You're right. You're right. But you know what, Mark? Here you go. Tell me if you agree or disagree. You know what? You know what, uh... You know what Apollo Crews needs? He needs MVP whispering in his ear. Amen. Preach. You know who I'm going to listen to, Bully? People always talk about preachers and people being nice and giving the politically correct answers. You know what? The, who the best preachers are? Who? The best preachers are the guys that failed. The guys that were pimps. The guys that were crooks. That, that were changed over and saw a new leaf, a new way. That's who Apollo needs to be. He needs to be the guy that, listen, I did everything the right way. He needs to be the opposite of that. I uh, did everything me, the right way. I smiled me, and kissed babies and shook hands, and where did it get me? One week of me kicking somebody's ass has got me here to the big dance. Thank you. That's what well, I'm going to stick with. One, uh, I was always a fan of the nation of domination. I liked it. I think that they can do a modern day version of the nation. And I love the fact of MVP and Bobby together. I think MVP needs to get in Apollo's ear. Question, does a modern day version of the nation work? Yes, it does work. And it don't have to be based on um, separatist ideologies. It could be as simple as, hey, I'm a capitalist. And I don't get the fact that my guys are not getting a shot at titles because titles mean money. Titles mean big spots on pay-per-views. Titles are what give you the prestige and the, the calling card of saying, I'm somebody. We want to be somebody. That's, that's the credo. We want to be on top. We want to be the good fellas. We don't want you to just give us a bone. We'll take the bone from you. We just don't want the police called on us when we do it. And you know what? There's a great story there, too, because you had Apollo Crews all this time. I mean, how long did we go without even seeing Apollo Crews on TV? We only just started seeing him recently because of the environment we're in with the pandemic. Bobby Lashley is somebody we talked about this all the time. We wanted to see back in the WWE because he could have been somebody you put in a ring in a main event on a pay-per-view against Brock Lesnar. But instead, he was in a storyline with Rusev and Lana. So you could use that in a storyline how, hey, these are guys that deserve to be in the main event picture, but for whatever reason, were never put there. That's the basis of a good storyline moving forward. It's a great story. Look at, you, you see MVP's face in any segment where Lana's involved? <laughs> That's real. That's real. Get her away from me as far as you can get her away. I know you want to use her, but please give me a break. One of the things that I wrote down last night, because I take notes as the show goes on, is Lana and MVP just standing next to each other 
and the chemistry that they had without even saying a word. I know that Lana and Bobby are married. I know that Bobby is disenfranchised with Lana. I know that MVP is now by Bobby's side. I know that MVP knows that Lana is nothing but trouble. And I could feel the heat between them before they even said a word. I already like that on-screen dynamic. I love the fact of MVP is going to try to keep uh, Bobby away from the witchy woman. And I love the fact that the witchy woman is going to try to get her husband back on her side. There's going to be a power struggle for Bobby. There's a story brewing right there, and I like it. And you know what? The great thing about it is MVP is right. You know, when, when, when Lashley was with Lana, where was he? Now with MVP, he's getting a championship title match at Backlash. So right away in these just few couple of weeks where we've had the MVP-Lashley pairing, already it's success for Bobby Lashley. Yeah, and I, I man, listen, you, you don't have to twist the people's arms. The fans can see with their own eyes the difference between what was and what is. MVP is doing a stellar job. He's better now than he was when he was the champion. And I, I just feel like, you know, this is something that, that, that they need to, to really, really let, let have his legs and run. I love it, Mark. Thanks, man. Of course, you can hear Mark every Friday and Saturday right here on Busted Open. Looking forward to talking to you on Friday, Mark. Thanks for the call in. All right, man. Y'all be good. Take All care. Right. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. You said it um, at Bully Ray 5150 on social media last night where it grabs you. You know why? Because Edge isn't trying to hit his tagline. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's not contrived. It's not scripted. It sounds realistic. Realistic. It sounds like somebody that came out of retirement and has a match that he is hey, there's some questions about at Backlash. That's what I got from Edge last night. That's why when you look at promos that are going to stick and stay with you, that's one that's going to stick and stay. What did I love? What did I tell you on the show that I loved about Randy and Edge's promo when Edge agreed to the match? Do you remember? No. Of course you don't because you don't listen when I talk. (laughs) That's not true. Much like your wife, you block me out when I talk. Um. Okay, so I said the fact I love that I love that Randy was able to frustrate Edge, where he bit, he took the bait and took the match. What did Edge say last night in his promo? He said he took the bait. You got me, yep. Randy. I agreed to the match. My point is that's the story. Edge is now admitting, "You got me. I took the bait. Maybe I do have that self doubt." Maybe you are the better wrestler. Maybe I am rusty. And admitting all of these things, he speaks with conviction. 
I believe every freaking thing that Edge said last night. I'm saying to myself, wow, maybe he can't beat Randy in a wrestling match. Maybe he really is rusty. Maybe he doesn't believe in himself anymore. You know why I'm saying this to myself? Because that's what he is making me believe. He believes. His conviction makes me believe. And then he referenced the Taker Last Ride documentary. He digressed for a moment saying, Taker, I understand where you're coming from. Because that same self-doubt that you have admitted to having during your career, I'm experiencing right now leading up to my match with Randy. He's showing you his soul. He's admitting to you that he's human. And much like every other human, at times, we have no confidence in ourselves. There are times before matches where I would be dry heaving out of nerves because my confidence in myself was not there at that particular moment. Edge is showing us with this promo, you know what, Randy? You're right. It takes one hell of a confident performer, especially a baby face like Edge, to admit that the heel is right. And that's what made Edge's promo so great last night. And it was. And I love the reference to The Undertaker because, like, when he was saying, he was like, I get it. You know, I get it. Yeah. Get it. And you know what I loved about it? Because I got a little nervous because there is no Charlie Caruso or anybody interviewing him in the back. It's just him himself. And I was like, all right, he's going to use these taglines. He's going to say, you know, the greatest match ever and all that stuff. He didn't get any of that bullshit. And this is the difference. Because if that was anybody else on the roster right now, they probably would have been told that they got to use those taglines and and make sure that they mention Backlash five times during the promo and make sure you say the greatest wrestling match ever. You didn't get any of that from Edge because he's speaking from the heart. He wasn't selling a pay-per-view, but by talking the way that he did, he sold you on the pay-per-view. He doesn't need to mention it a million times. He doesn't need to use the tagline, the greatest match ever. That's that's the commentator's job. And believe me, once that promo was over, they mentioned it 15 times. Because that's where it goes back to, it's just words. Like the comment, that's just words. But when Edge sat there and spoke to the camera, that was him, the man, talking about his career and the self-doubt. That sells, that's what the WWE doesn't get. That's what sells me on the back on backlash. How can I, as a wrestling fan, as a fan of Edge, you know, not want to see back? I don't need the fucking taglines. I don't need the greatest match ever. That's why it really bothered me a couple weeks back when Charlie Caruso ended that segment the way she did. The way they did it last night. That's almost like they were listening to us, bully. It's almost like, all right. You know what? We got to get them out of here. We don't need them. Let's just sit Edge in the back by himself. And that's all you needed. And it worked. Remember the self-doubt that Superman had in Superman 2? Yep. It worked, didn't it? Got into his head. Look at look at how it look, look at the self-doubt story that we're getting from the Undertaker. That was real life self-doubt. Now they're using the self-doubt in the Edge Randy Orton 
uh, storyline and it's mirroring real life and it's working because anything like that that mirrors real life will always work in a wrestling storyline. Always. Especially when you have the right characters, the right... It's not even a character with Edge. It's him. Right now, right now, what we're getting is Adam versus Randy. I don't think people understand how much confidence it takes for a babyface to admit his flaws. And then have... The fan base go, we accept you for your flaw. We accept you for your doubt. And we are going to help you through this. Because Edge admits that Randy is right, people want to see Edge through this. Don't you worry, Edge. We're behind you. We got you. We know you're rusty. We know you might have some self-doubt, but we will help get you through this match. That's emotional investment. I'll take Edge's promo last night over a super kick, a 450, an acai moonsault, a triple Lindy any day of the week. What Edge did last night puts asses in seats. Now, obviously, Bully... This works because there is the history with Edge. We love Edge. You know, Randy Orton, we know Randy Orton well. But I also think if they use some of this psychology in the current roster, it could work as well. Like, get some real emotion from the wrestlers that you have on the roster. Give them an opportunity to speak. Like, I... I, You can't... Watching that Edge promo, it really kind of hurts the rest of the show for me because I know that there is nothing else that they can give me that is going to work in the way that what we saw worked with Edge and Randy Orton and especially Edge with that promo. I got to tell you, even with MVP, it's hurting the rest of the roster. Yes. Because MVP is so freaking convincing with his verbiage. When I hear MVP, see, see, so last night I get MVP. I get edge, and I'm reminded of how things were in the past. Why are these guys so good at what they do on the microphone? Because they're so damn polished. Because they were allowed to be more of themselves over the years and not have to stick to particularly scripted promos. It's a problem. There are some guys who can overcome it. I've seen Kevin overcome it. I've seen Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe and Alexa Bliss are probably two of the best that I've seen in the WWE with with taking word for word on paper and putting their own twist on it and saying things the way Alexa would say it or the way Joe would say it. I agree, I agree with that, but I would still like it to go to the next level. Like, you're right. I mean, Samoa Joe, and we talked about this uh, when, you know, when he was having that feud a couple of years ago where, like you, you, like you said, you asked me, Dave, was that scripted? And I said no. And you go, no, it was scripted, but Samoa Joe does a great job of making those words his own. 
Kevin Owens, I think, is another example. Like you said, Alexa Bliss is another example. Are their promos scripted? Yes, but they do a great job of adapting to it and making those words their own. I would love their words to be their own and not scripted. I mean, here's the example is Edge. Like, I, I would just love... Bully, and we talk about this all the time, just giving them the reins and giving them an opportunity to succeed in the way where it's going to be memorable, where it's going to be where we're going to watch a docu-series about some of these wrestlers 10, 15 years from now, and it's going to be meaningful because the moments on the show in their career were meaningful. That's what I want from the current roster. If there was ever a time to take a chance on your talent and let them go and see what they really, really had, it would have been in the past two months and whatever months we have coming ahead of us with the pandemic still here. Bullet points for everybody. Go out there, sink or swim. And if they sink, then you stick them back with with word-for-word promos. Personally, I would not be putting a microphone in anybody's hand who could not handle getting their point across. You have to sell me. The way I looked at it, Dave, whenever I was out there is like, if I don't succeed right here, right now, I'm done by tomorrow. And that's the way talent should go out there. They should put the the pressure on themselves with their promos and their performances, especially with the promos. Everybody always says, oh, I wish I had the opportunity to talk more. I wish I had the opportunity to talk more. If I'm in creative, I'm going, here's the microphone. You got three minutes. Go talk more. But you better freaking sell me on something. You better make me believe. You better make those people believe. Edge makes me believe. And this is the difference, Bully, because we talk about this with NXT, and a lot of times we went on to see NXT wrestlers move over to Raw or SmackDown because you know they're not going to be able to have that creative freedom like they do on NXT. We talk a lot about Bobby Roode on the show, or maybe we don't talk about Bobby Roode enough because we don't see Bobby Roode enough. But Bobby Roode on NXT, because you say it, Bully, and in a lot of ways you're right. He is a phenomenal wrestler, but he is a wrestler, and Vince McMahon doesn't really care about wrestlers. Bobby Roode showed a lot of personality and charisma when he was with NXT. When he was a heel and he had the suit and he had the NXT championship, he showed me a lot of personality and charisma. Triple H kind of gave him the reins with that character to show a little bit. I thought his promos were phenomenal with NXT. But once he moved to SmackDown, he was all about the theme song. He was all about the glorious. They took away what made him so great. Man, it wasn't the entrance theme that made Bobby Roode great on NXT. That was the cherry on top of the Sunday. But it's not what made him great. It's almost like they... The only thing they thought that made him great was the entrance theme. And when that when that was stripped away from him, they had nothing. Did they not see the body of work that he did with NXT? Not just in the ring, but on the microphone. So now if, if there was ever a time to give that microphone to somebody and see what they can do, now would be the time. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. 
the longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 